If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, turn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. Your home for destroyed art. Yeah. Yeah. Who knew that Radio Free Brooklyn was going to have vandalized art? They were going to become best known. Not for the radio station, but for an art project that is consistently vandalized and destroyed <laughs> yeah. by numbskulls. Yeah, by idiots. Like genuine, full-on fucking dum-dums. And I don't care if anyone who listens to this show out there thinks that we shouldn't be saying stuff like that. If you think that this fucking asshole should be a president of this country any longer. Lick my taint. You're dumb, dumb. Yeah. If you are out there, if you're an American out on the streets protesting to try to stop votes from being counted, just analyze that statement and realize how freaking ridiculous you are. This is America the country founded on, we get to vote for the president. Yep. And you're going to sit here and say that those votes were legal. They're not illegal. They are totally legal. Yeah. Um, it's, My dad, it's, who got and, coronavirus, had a Trump rally. He voted by mail. There you go. Trump votes yep. by mail. Yep. It's, it's, it's the endless stupidity behind this. I, I can't. I, I just can't. Anyway, this is a show where I, Josh Rubin, <laughs> and I, Danine. come together over a single topic. And from said topic, we let all you smart people and no dum-dums get as rich as possible as quickly as possible. And we don't ask for any money up front. No. We're not like the king of the dum-dums who asks you to throw money at us without telling you what you're getting for it. We don't make any promises or lie to you. We say, take it, make it work for yourself. If it works for you, then you throw us a little change. Trump change. <laughs> I mean, Trump change. Yeah. Um, we're not asking for a lot of your money. We're saying you take this idea, you action it, you get incredibly rich. And then, and only then... You do something for us. And what's that, Noel? What you do is after you're rich, after you are insanely wealthy, having basically redefined the definition of what wealthy is, you say, hey, now that I've got all this money, I need to get a little something back to those dudes who gave me these ideas for free. Try right, to pay it backwards. Them, yeah, pay it backwards. You need to give us 10% of everything you made when you got rich. We don't want the money that you had before. We don't want 10% of that. We don't want 10% of your accounting job. 
We want 10% of the money you made off our schemes. Tithe us. That's the deal. Pretty it's, simple, pretty straight. Ooh, God, I had a hiccup. Oh, boy. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Yeah, super simple, super straightforward. Just like you vote and then the vote gets counted. It's pretty simple, pretty yeah. straightforward. And it counts for something. Yeah. It okay. means something. It has meaning. Yeah, it means something. Anyway, Noel. Yeah. I haven't seen you since Tuesday evening. That's right. Josh and his better half came over to this house that we're staying at still while our place is getting construction and uh, watched the election with us. Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> Why? Not that I not that I didn't like, you know, being in your company and seeing your lovely child and your lovely partner. Uh-huh. At, you know, but watching the election, watching the election uh, when there was clearly going to be no clear winner uh-huh. at the end of the night, it just seemed like spinning wheels. It was, it was, uh, yeah, I get it. I would have rather we watched a movie. Okay. Just for the next election that we spend together. <laughs> We're going to not watch the election and watch the movie yeah. and then all yeah. just stare at our phones I mean, at the What election? is watching the election? Watching the election is a, watch a bunch of talking heads run around justifying their paychecks for that evening. Yeah. By making people feel anxious all night. But it's high stakes. It's high stakes. You got to watch it. It is high stakes. It's absolutely high stakes. And the problem is, is that no one is taking those high stakes and actually, they, like at no point in that evening did anyone make the uh, uh, point, at least on what we were watching. And granted, we had limited choices because you've decided that Apple TV is the way to go for everything. Yeah. And you've cut the cord. <laughs> um, so we had to watch the dim bulbs. Of Joe Scarborough and family. So we're watching Newsmax. Uh, I know. <laughs> I'm going to just say this. <laughs> I know a black kid that worked for Newsmax. What? As an editor. Whoa. Did he have yeah. horrible guilt feelings about it? He said he, he had some PTSD. I don't think he really understood what Newsmax was. Okay. A friend of his All got right. him the gig. And it was a freelance gig, and he made a shit ton of money. Okay. Like enough money to help pay off, you know, pay down some of his parents. Uh, he made that uh, he helped, that destroyed he helped his the parents world buy money. a new house. Yeah. Uh, uh, put a down payment on a new house. But, you know, I, I was just like, you can't preach social justice to me and then tell me that you worked for a year at Newsmax. Yeah. You just can't do it. Exactly. You know, you can sit here and tell me how racist they were, and I'll feel that you were in that situation, but it's like, why did you stay? Yeah. You know, no amount of money. No amount of money. Um, anyway, uh, my point was, is at no point did anyone on those shows that we watched, mm -hmm. because I honestly believe they know that the anxiety keeps people watching, um bring up the fact that, you know, this was to be expected. You know, the, all these states turning, you know, the states that were turning red were expected to turn red. Yeah. And the the numbers that were coming in red on the states that people thought were going to be blue was because of the idea that the mail-in mail votes hadn't been counted yet. Yes. The uh, 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 early votes in some in some states hadn't been counted yet. Etc. Etc. Yeah, and that 
and that uh, Republicans are more likely to vote on the day in person than Democrats are. Yeah, and, and once again, we should state that while many shows strive to be evergreen, that you can listen to them in any time under any situation and the, and the it's still pertinent, we right. record our show. Uh, so w- w- we're recording this Friday night, the night before we air on Saturday night, and really just hoping that anything we speak about is still relevant tomorrow. <laughs> it should still be relevant tomorrow. Um, by the time this goes out to uh, a podcast, yeah, uh, it will probably be completely irrelevant. But it'll be like a a, a trip be to like- the past. That's right. A trip down memory lane. Yeah. This one is going to be the one when people go, huh, I wonder what happened on Friday. Mm-hmm. This is what they'll be talking about. I, this so is what they'll be listening to. I had full confidence the whole time, though, even though things didn't seem to be going the way we had hoped. That's because you are one of those absurdly positive people. No, that's not why. It's because you are, though. Well, I am positive. OK. Sure, yeah. But that's yeah. not why Ob- I was obscenely positive. positive. I was positive because, uh, so as everyone that listens to the show may know, I am uh, of an advanced age to have a baby to the age I do. (laughs) (laughs) And so I decided uh, that I was going to make sure that uh, I don't start that a habit of having children. Uh, So I had arranged, I'd gone in for a checkup, to get I didn't a, know having children was a habit for some people. Well, it could be. Uh, you talk to my family. Um, and <laughs> and uh, so in August, I went to the doctor and I said, "Hey, doc, do it to me. Give me, a, you know, give him a snip." And there's a law. I don't know if you know this. There's a law in New York that you, there's a um, 30 day waiting period if you want to uh, sterilize yourself. Really? Yes. Uh, and I guess it's because it's to make sure that you're not being forced into it. Oh. Uh, or doing anything rash, I guess. Uh, uh-huh. So uh, then, you know, construction, everything got away from me. And I got a call the other day saying, so you're coming to your appointment on Tuesday. And I'm like, I never made an appointment because it was left at, yeah, just wait. You've got a while to do it. And they said, well, if you don't do it Tuesday... Uh, you're going to have to go back in for your checkup again and get your blood done again. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to offer my testes up as an offering to the gods to assure the Biden victory. You understand they did not take your testicles. They snipped them. There's blood. Blood was involved. Just... It was a blood ritual. <laughs> That's fine. It's a blood ritual, but you're making it sound like they actually castrated you. Well, they may have. All I know is that I now have like one uh, tennis ball. That that's all I got down there, basically. What do you mean? Is it so swollen that it's like one giant tennis ball? It's kind of yeah. It's it's, a, it's starting to get a little better, but uh, uh-huh. a little bit. Have you been icing it? No. You should. Yeah. Come on. They didn't tell you that. Tough. No, they didn't tell you to ice your balls. No, they 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 did there a little bit, but uh, no. Since we're talking about balls, yeah, I got a story for you. Oh boy, is it going to make me wretch? I don't know. No, it shouldn't make you wretched. I had to go. I don't know. Did I tell you this already? I don't know if I told you this already. Um, I had to go uh, about uh, uh, got about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. I went for a checkup. Okay, and. Uh, 
you know, I'm uh, I'm 51 years old, just turned 51, Ooh, and I haven't had uh, I haven't had the finger up my ass yet, and I haven't had the uh, camera up my ass yet. What? In your life, you've never had a finger up your butt by a doctor? Uh, maybe once or twice, but generally, no. Okay, all right. But certainly not in the 50 year old when you're supposed to get it done all the time to check the size of your uh, prostate of your prostate, prostate as I like so, to call mine. What do you call it? Prostate. Pro state because it's pro. Uh, yeah, because you're a professional at getting a finger up your ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, I uh, uh, so I went and you know I honestly now that I'm thinking about it, I can't think if I've ever gotten a finger up my ass. I've gotten a thermometer up my ass. Okay. But I, I don't think I've ever gotten the finger up my ass feeling around for the prostate uh, deal. I, I can't even tell you how many times I have. Wow. Well, so you we, may or may not. I. On that note, though, when I was a little kid, there was a period where, uh, for some unknown reason, I started peeing blood. Jesus and Christ! They put me in, uh, like a. They put me under, and gave me a, like a put a camera up my urethra mm-hmm. to see something. They couldn't find anything. But also, by a side note, I was seven years old, and it was a 1970s technology, and there was a little <laughs> rippage. So <laughs> it was very traumatic. That was one big fucking camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like the eyewitness news. Uh, uh. <laughs> But that so, but so maybe because of that, going up there. maybe that's why uh, they kept checking things mm-hmm. as I got older. But uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, they've done that t- to me tons of times. No, not me, not me. So anyway, uh, he sticks his finger up there, you know, and it's very cold and calculating. Not much preparation. Mm-hmm. Just bend over the table, boom, and. My balls and my penis just shrink up inside me. Okay. They just, and it's really uncomfortable. And I have to feel like I have to pee and poop simultaneously. Okay. And he pulls it out, and I turn around and just reflexively, as I'm turning around, and he's sitting there, grab my dick and pull it. (laughs) You did say this, but I don't think you said it on the show. I think you just told me. I grab my dick and I pull it to just sort of yeah. lengthen it out again. Sure. And I realize that I just did this right in my doctor's <laughs> face. <laughs> and immediately, immediately I realized that what I did was possibly the most awkward thing I've ever done in sure. a doctor's office. It's up there. Um, but he was cool about it. I'm sure he's seen much worse. All right. You know, this is a guy who looks at people's assholes and genitalia all day long. Exactly. Exactly. Mine couldn't have been the worst thing that he's ever... My doing oh, that couldn't have been the worst thing he's I ever seen. I can't even imagine some of the things they've seen. Yeah, I don't know. I, I always wonder about that. If you're like how gynecologists can separate, uh, uh, you know... Work from home? Work from home. Yeah, you know, can be turned on by that area cuz i'm sure they have seen some horrible horrible things down there mm-hmm. you know well as as i hope we didn't talk about it on the show because i'll tell you what i told you when you told me that same thing last time 
And mm-hmm. it, and if and if we did talk about it on the show, we're just having a whole five minutes of repeat from before. But whatever. If you work at McDonald's, you still probably like steak. I don't know what that means. It's brilliant. You didn't tell me that before. It's, if you are dealing in uh, junk food, you still like good food. <laughs> really? You're comparing diseased genitalia to junk food. To junk food. And then you go home and you got that steak waiting on the table. All right. I'm not even going uh, <laughs> to. You're just blown away by how good that was. <clears throat> we may finally have something that people are going to write us about. <laughs> I really hope so. Guys, it's time to cancel Noel. What? No. What? what cancel what? Cancel Noel. Cancel Noel. So anyway. Anyway. Uh, as it's bearing out right now, Donald Trump is not going to be our president. No. Good. The GOP, though, many of the uh, of of the diehards uh, in the Senate and uh, in the House are still standing by him. Uh, uh, they're 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 down with it. I read an interesting article mm-hmm. about how the GOP thinks that what Donald Trump has done for them is turned them into the party of the working class. And it's hard for me. So this is my thing with it. I, I'm curious if that's true, because once he's gone, are they really the party of the working class or is are is are are the working class the party of Trump? Yeah. The fact that that dude is going to end up with about 70 million people in this country it's voting. Disgusting. For him. 70 million people. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be less by three or four million than voted for uh, uh, Biden. And yes, record turnout on both ends. I get it. But Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's disappointing. It's very disappointing. It has shaken my faith in humanity a little bit. It really has. Nothing about this election has made me feel good. This is how I feel. This is how I think it's going to end. So, you know, he went on his stupid frickin' news conference and he basically just sat there and said how uh, the election's being thrown and all this stuff and all, all these lies after lies after lies. Stolen. He said the election's being stolen. Yeah. Uh, yes. He's going to go out again and he's going to push it over the edge of, of what he's still trying to watch what he says. And he's going to say something ridiculous and very dangerous and Republicans the the Republican Party, maybe not people on the streets, but the Republican Party is going to run from him like he's on fire, and he will be left all alone with no support. And suddenly it'll be like done, 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 done. I don't know. I don't think that's the and case. Shutting, shutting, and shutting. I think the fact that Don Jr. called out Republicans for not supporting his father in his time of need, and all these Republicans came out mm-hmm. and blew smoke up his ass. You're not going to see um, that for long. Is problematic. I think that Don Jr. is calling on people to unite and up and rise up is uh, problematic. This fucking you know Kim Jong Un over there, yeah. son of a tin pot dictator. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I I think it's all bluster. I took Nigel for a walk the other day. I think I told you this, right? I took Nigel for a walk the day after the election, and uh. Where he's staying is not too far from Trump Tower on Fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. 
So I uh, walked over there. He has uh, five blocks of Fifth Avenue completely blocked from traffic uh, with the sidewalks down to like super thin of what you can walk with barricades everywhere. Trump t- uh, also one avenue over on each side blocked um, and uh, Trump Tower itself is surrounded by like sand trucks. Does that continue after he's gone, after he's out of office? Who cares? Tear that thing down. We're going we're gonna to tear it down. No, I'm just really curious because it's going to be a problem for him. Yeah, it's going to be a big problem. And when uh, when he's out of office and no one feels and you know no he's left with his two secret service guys and that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it, we're gonna. <clears throat> when he goes to jail, does he get secret service protection in jail too? So guys don't shiv him. <laughs> yeah. Who, whoever wants shanked. to run as Democrat next time. Or, or for governor even, buy that building and just tear it down and everyone <laughs> will just vote for you. <laughs> just tear it down. It's a Death Star. Uh, well, anyway, Noel. Yeah. As we alluded to earlier. Yeah, way earlier. <laughs> way earlier. <laughs> this election and watching the uh, uh, election night coverage uh-huh. did nothing but give us anxiety. Exactly. Except for you with your blissful ignorance. Well, but I had to go into an operating room that day. Were you still high? Was that what it was? No, 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 no. Were you still high on Valium or whatever they gave you to they, take away the they pain? They didn't give me anything. They they uh, they sedated me while it was happening but and gave me local anesthetic, but uh, they didn't give me any pain meds. Pretty soon, because you're not going to be able to, if, if <clears throat> whatever, I'll just stop. <laughs> uh, anyway, Noel, yeah. as we alluded to, it gave us nothing but anxiety except yeah. for you, because you are willfully ignorant at times. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Um, this show and this topic is about what? It's about anxiety, how to get rich with it, how to fret your way to the top of financial freedom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to jump uh, right in because we have taken a lot of time. Do you have info. any anxieties? I feel like you are not an anxious person. I'm not that anxious. I, I get a little bit sometimes, but I'm good at then I can just reset my brain kind of and mm-hmm. uh, not usually worry about it as much. Have you found that you found more things to be anxious about since having a child, like that you you suddenly more oh, worried? Oh, sure, sure. And, and, and you know what? I do worry about things. Mm-hmm. It, But most people can't tell when I'm anxious. No one can tell. I can. Uh, I can tell when you're anxious. <laughs> go, 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 go. Uh, but, but, yeah, a lot of the time, you know, I can't sleep well and things like that. But uh, And maybe I'll not. My hand's extra. But... Uh, a lot of people can't tell when I'm anxious. So, uh, according to other people, I never get anxious, but in my heart of hearts, I know that I get anxious. Too. Well, how are we going to get wealthy with your disease? I'm going to tell you right now. So you guys, anxiety, we know what it is, but I'm not even going to give it a definition. Uh, it, it, it affects a lot of people, some more than others, right? Obviously. Um, and there's a lot of physical problems that come from it, right? Uh, there's 
Uh, people get headaches. They have breathing problems. There's stu- a lot of stomach problems, heart mm-hmm. palpitations, loss of libido. Uh, they get fatigued. They have muscle and joint pains. Their blood pressure skyrockets. But really, you know, there's one physical symptom of anxiety that we all know and love, and that is anxiety diarrhea, right? It happens. It's a cliche almost, right? Oh, I'm worried I'm going to run to the bathroom type thing. Uh, <laughs> is that what happened to you in Ecuador? <laughs> you you wasn't so the food. It was just that you anxiety. had terrible anxiety the entire all, time you were there. Just, but all our family's everywhere. And I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but it really does affect a lot of people. And, and the diarrhea thing is real. Dr. Praveen Gupta, director of HOD, Neurology Fortis Memorial Research Institute, um, he he, uh, talked about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, And he said the brain is responsible for sending signals to different parts of the body and hence plays an important role in keeping all the systems of our body running smoothly. Now the digestive system is no different. So when you're feeling anxious, your neoendocrine system experiences changes, and this, in turn, causes changes in the enzymes of your digestive system. This affects the mobility of the intestine. In fact, a lot of people who have anxiety also suffer from irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, and, and the way I had always heard it explained was more the, the fight or flight Right. Uh, when your body goes to fight or flight, uh, the blood goes to your core. There's different things that happen in your body, but one of them is uh, evacuate the bowels. I don't know why. Well, they say, they claim it's because your body wants to get rid of all extra weight. Okay. Because you may have to run, and, and that the less weight down. that you have bearing you down. Yeah. Uh, will make it make you go farther faster. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, if you're experiencing anxiety, in all likelihood, you can also end up suffering from digestion-related problems, uh, acid stomach, stomach cramps, diarrhea. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's a good thing to target, and and and. What kind of is confusing about it is really what is more calming and makes you feel more at one with the universe than a good poop, right? Yeah, but the diarrhea is not calming. Well, so I looked into it about the pooping thing, though. Uh-huh. Uh, and it turns out, yeah, uh, you can also, you can cure stress with poop. Um. Dr. Anishesh of the American Gastroenterology Association and the American mm-hmm. College of Gastroenterology, uh, he calls the bliss that accompanies a hefty release, <laughs> pooforia. Pooforia. Yeah. And the sublime experience may contribute to a more positive outlook 
in life and therefore a less stressful life. Uh, But unlike the diarrhea that, as we all know, is watery and runny, uh, the key to achieving this pooforia, according to Dr. Sheth, is passing a log large enough to dilate the rectum, which stimulates... Did he he literally call it a log? uh, That part's not in the quotes. Okay. Um, Is passing a log log large... Log enough to <laughs> dilate the rectum, which stimulates the vagus nerve. Same nerve, the studies show, can lead to an orgasm in women when stimulated. Uh, and so the stimulating of the vagus nerve is what makes you feel so good when you take a good poo. Uh, so I thought, man, what a drag. These people plagued with anxiety, diarrhea, and yet... If they just shifted that poo a little bit, it would be the cure. Right now, there's a lot of people out there who maybe can't afford uh, medication, you know, or don't <laughs> want. you're going to say can't afford to take a good shit. Can't afford to take a good poo. No, can't afford medication or don't like medication, mm-hmm. don't want to numb their mind just because they're anxious. They want to look for a natural way to handle this. It seems like what's the tickets right there? And I thought... What is a way to dilate the rectum from diarrhea, right? And, of course, the answer is indigestible foods, right? If we're going to talk about Ecuador, let's talk about indigestible foods, right? And uh, (laughs) in particular, the one that always comes to the mind is corn, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, But corn's not big enough to dilate your rectum, right? So I looked at what's corn has the biggest kernels. And that is Peruvian corn, Ecuador's neighbor. Uh, they have something called choclo, also referred to as Peruvian, Peruvian corn or Cusco corn. And it is very large kernel corn. It's almost like hominy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, right, that's there, but it's still not big enough, right? We want oh something God. much bigger. So what you're going to do is you're going to take... Uh, Peruvian corn, you're going to do a little GMO action on this, and you're going to make the kernels even bigger, right? So we're going to look for uh, maybe the size of a quarter, if not the size of a nickel, right? Um, And people who suffer from anxiety are going to buy your corn. They're going to eat your corn. And when they get anxious and they get their anxiety diarrhea, and they have to run to the bathroom. And oh, right. It's going to calm them down. They're going to poop. These giant corn kernels that are in their poop, even if it's diarrhea, the corn's still there. And mm-hmm. it's going to be big enough to dilate the rectum, stimulate the vagus nerve. And suddenly they're calm. They're at one with the world. No meds, no fuss, no muss. <clears throat> There you go. There's a lot of money in that. There is. I'm curious, do you have any idea what percentage of the anxiety-suffering population has anxiety diarrhea? They won't admit it. (laughs) (laughs) But all of them, basically, is what you're saying. It's a very common thing. It's a very common thing. And, you know, I know from performing, uh, there's, you know, there's some people get stage fright and it never Mm -hmm. quite goes away. And I can't tell you how many people I've done uh, performances with that on routine basis, 
almost as they're about to walk on stage have to run to the bathroom. Take a shit. Yeah. Uh, It's very common. Uh, And that's just one slice of life. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That is only one slice of life. Yeah. You make an excellent point. Uh, Should we do the other stuff first? Yeah, sure. You guys, if you want to uh, give Radio Free Brooklyn some money, you sure can. You can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. Just go to their page. Hit the sponsor button. Pledge an amount. That goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. Keeps the station running. The server's humming. You're supporting the art. You're supporting community radio. You're supporting art projects like the Wall of Lies that had to be taken down because of Trumpies. Um, and you're really doing good, and you get a tax break because Radio Free Brooklyn was a 501c3 charitable organization, um, and you, can, you just get to know you've done good for the world. If you want to support in other ways, you can s- subscribe to the newsletter. You can download the app, iOS or Android, where you can listen to the station live or get all the archives of all the shows on your phone as you go. Uh, you can go to Amazon and put... If you go to Amazon, smile.amazon.com, you get to put in a charity of your choice. And as you spend money on Amazon, Amazon chips in no pennies out of your pocket. But Amazon pick, chips a little tiny amount, percentage of what you buy uh, towards a charity. You can put Radio Free Brooklyn. It does, it's not much, but it, if enough people do it, it adds up. Um, we do have another little thingamahoozy. Uh, this week so radio free broken also has a sponsor uh and we have a read to read on the show about this sponsor which i probably should have perused a little bit first but it is the one thing right now everyone's dealing with covid right and no one wants to go on tours they want to zip past people well now you can do it you can exercise and you can still go on tours because they have city running tours uh, which I think is a great idea. Uh, City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours as a way to discover the history of New York neighborhoods while on a run. Choose from 23 different tours of neighborhoods in Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, and Bronx. Sorry, Staten Island, you don't cut it. Um, <laughs> neighborhood running tours are offered seven days a week. Yeah, because you know what the history of Staten Island is? This gated community was built 20 years ago. <laughs> You know, this gated community used to be a fucking garbage dump. Yeah. Well, one of my old neighbors uh, was from Texas and, and her family is very hoity toity, knows the bushes and stuff like that. And uh, a, a relative of theirs and like an ancestor of theirs, it was his whatever you want to call it, credit or fault that Staten Island is part of New York. He was it was in a race with someone else around Staten Island and whoever won the is whether the Staten Island would belong to New Jersey or to New York. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's good for New York because they pay a lot in taxes. Sure. Sure. And it gives us somewhere to put the Trumpies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need some place to go. Yeah. Um, so you, you guys go, go to cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. Look at the schedule. Book a tour. Uh, that's what you want to do, guys. It sounds pretty good. Sounds awesome. You can tour East Village, Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, Roosevelt Island. And that's just a handful of the 23 neighborhoods you can run a tour. I wonder if they do a tour of Turtle Bay. They might. 
I might see them running past. Maybe that would be good for you to get some exercise in, and I, you can push. You can get one of those running strollers, <laughs> and put young Nigel in it. And you can do running tours. I take him for good walks. Yeah, but it's not as good exercise for you. He doesn't care one way or the other whether he's getting run or whether he's getting walked. He's in a stroller. You got the runs. Anyway, guys, as thanks for listening to all our spiels, Josh Gowers the Internet for another way to get you rich. Every week we got a topic. This week is anxiety when you give you a plethora of ways to get rich. Not enough for Josh. He's like, no, I want another topic, another way to get them another little bit rich. So, Mr. Josh, please take it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. Today, we're going to take a look at where the billionaires of the world actually keep their money. Billionaires have little in liquid assets, primarily because diversifying their wealth is incredibly important. Billionaires still invest an incredible amount into property. Since Jeff Bezos is the wealthiest man on Earth, it's no surprise that he is one of the United States' largest landowners. As of 2017, he was the 27th largest landowner, even surpassing logging companies and prolific ranch families. And just three years later, in 2020, he was the 25th largest land owner in the world. Clearly, Jeff likes scooping up as many properties as he can. He's dropped $80 million on three apartments in New York, a $53 million property in Medina, Washington, $23 million on a home in D.C., and an undisclosed amount on a 165,000-acre ranch in Texas. In addition, he shattered records by purchasing the most expensive home ever sold in Los Angeles, a $165 million property called Warner Estate. But that's not the only property he owns in the City of Angels. He's purchased over $114 million worth of undeveloped land in Beverly Hills, which he is sure to turn a profit on. So I wonder, I'm just curious if that is all under his name or under Amazon. Like, are they including the fact that Amazon owns all of the properties that they have their fulfillment center is in? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm just want to delve into this tip a bit. Mm-hmm. The tip is to become a billionaire and buy yeah. lots of land, and that'll well, be rich. Well, yeah, exactly. Okay, you guys heard it here first. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's really about. The, it's really the point being that, I, I, the, well, here's a couple things that I got from it. One, diversify your portfolio. Okay. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Uh, and two, even the wealthiest people in the world are essentially house flippers. Okay. Right? They're buying up property, holding on to it, and then they're just waiting for it to go up, and then they're eventually going to flip it. All right. So that is why Josh and I are the Get Rich Quick show of the working class because we give great nuggets that you can do every day yeah which yeah and get crazy rich or Or, once you're a billionaire this is you know the our ideas are i mean look our ideas are for anybody and we've often said in the beginning of the show that if you are you know you've made billions off of one idea Mm nothing stopping you from taking another idea and making billions off of that idea Yeah, exactly after however many years we've been doing this dumb show yeah. for, 
there have to be so many people that have gotten wealthy from us that they need more stuff to, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, this is just a little tip for the billionaires that we've created. Yeah. To go out there and diversify your portfolio. We had be like Jeff Bezos. Democratize becoming a billionaire. They're everywhere now. Yeah. What I, the, something that was interesting when I, when I was editing this clip to cut it down for the sake of time, mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos, you, he actually has a website that lists all of his uh, investments. Okay. Which I thought was interesting yeah. for some reason. I, does he have to do that because he owns a newspaper? Oh, maybe so. That's certainly possible. I never, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's certainly possible. I don't see why he would have to, though. Eh, so people can still trust it. I mean, has that fucking done anything for Rupert Murdoch? No one trusts him, though. Yeah, but, I mean, my point is, is like, you know, he doesn't have to do it, is my point. There's no law saying that he has to do it. I love how Fox is, like, other than AP, the only ones who have declared... uh, Arizona, Arizona for uh, right from the get go, <clears throat> which is great it. because it's created such a lovely rift between their entertainment section, which yes. is what I call the Hannity's and the Tucker Carlson's because they are, you know, they're so full of shit and so far away from reality that it is literally uh, 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 fictionalized entertainment. Yeah. But their entertainment and their news section, and it's causing quite a rift in them because their entertainment section is actually calling out their news section over this, uh-huh. which I find really interesting. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, you know, the pundits are the money makers, even yeah. though they clearly don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, that's true. And that's everywhere. That's that's on all the channels. Speaking of money makers, anxiety. Anxiety, Noel. Um Anxiety is the most common mental illness in the United States. Believe it. Um, it, it. It says here in the, the, the one study I looked at, 40 million adults in the United States, 18 and older. Yep. Which is 18.1% of the population. In uh, England, the estimate is 32% of the overall population suffers from anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I would imagine that that would probably be more the case here if you take teenagers into account the under 18 set tweens teens Mm -hmm. the kids today are full of anxiety all the time they they wear it on their sleeve like a badge they do they do and you know i often wonder is it warranted i mean i guess it is i can't even imagine what it must be like growing up as a teenager like in in the past you know 15 years of this country Uh uh-huh gotta be a fucking nightmare yeah um, and, uh, that's a lot of people, a lot of people having panic attacks, having OCD episodes, having PTSD, and everyone at some point or another has to deal with someone, uh, uh, dealing with anxiety in some severe way, shape or form. Uh, and what happens when people deal with them, they say things that they think are helpful that aren't helpful. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that people uh, uh, may say that aren't helpful are stop overreacting. Mm-hmm. Uh, just breathe. That's one that I've said to people having panic attacks. Yeah. 
because you're kind of freaking out yourself. You're like, what's going on here? Just breathe. Take a few deep breaths. It's not it's there. There's nothing to worry about is another one. Mm -hmm. I've said those things in unison. Um, There are some harsher ones. Uh, Why are you so needy? Was one that apparently is said to uh, anxiety sufferers a lot. Um, You always get over this. You're fine. Um, And I was like, that's that's, you know, that's what people say who don't know what to say. They think they're being helpful. But in reality, they're in many in many cases making the situation worse. Yeah. For the person suffering from anxiety, from an anxiety attack. Don't think about your tongue. Huh? It's like saying, don't think about your tongue. Right, exactly. Um, And I thought to myself, well, that's terrible. And then I was looking up that at this point, people, more people use text than phone. Okay. When they're communicating with each other. Uh Huh? And I've thought about how many times people suffering from anxiety are alone and they either call or text someone saying, I'm freaking the fuck out. I need your help. And they get back. Stop overreacting. Just breathe. There's nothing to worry about. None of which is helpful. And then I said to myself, well, if more people are texting and all these people are texting each other about their anxiety and then they're trying to text back ways to help. Shouldn't there be an autocorrect that changes that you could go into? Similarly, like there are emojis, you have to go into your emoji keyboard. You can go into your your uh, anxiety autocorrect, mm-hmm. and you can type something in like, "Hey, I know how you're feeling," which you're not supposed to say, and it will autocorrect to, "I wish I could understand how you feel, but I don't." I respect your feelings and will do anything you need me to do to feel better. (laughs) Right? You can text, hey, relax. It's all in your head. And it'll autocorrect to say something like, I'm here if you want to talk about what's upsetting you and work through it. Uh You're going to text, relax. And instead, it will autocorrect to say, is there anything I can do to help you right now? Yeah. And this will help out the anxiety community, the people dealing with the anxiety community. Because, look, people make mistakes. Yeah, People say the wrong thing all the time. Mm. But if you can get away with thinking the wrong thing but saying the right thing and actually making some, someone feel better, life is good. Yeah. And so you're going to you, – what you guys are going to do out there, whichever of you is going to do it first, is you are going to do an add-on all cell phones, all smartphones mm-hmm. of the anxiety autocorrect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can expand this into the depression autocorrect because there are certainly millions of things you should never say to depressed people. Like, hey, snap out of it is one of the worst things sure. you could say to a depressed person. Um, or, yeah, I've been depressed, too. It's not that bad. Yeah. Anything Turn that frown upside lines. down. How about that? Is that a good one? What was that? Turn that frown upside down. Yeah, that's a good one. You really know how to deal with <laughs> depressed people. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what are you moping around for? Yeah. But you get the idea. So there it is. Anxiety autocorrect. That's great. Yeah, I know. It's that's good. why it's the only one I had to come up with. 
Well, that's all you needed because I got all the gold this week, my friend. Don't worry. Don't get anxious about it. I can see the diarrhea coming out your ears right now. Really is. <laughs> all right. So you, I, anxiety, guys. I, and I was thinking about anxiety. Is all anxiety created equal? Uh, there's lots of different types of anxiety, right? Uh, people getting mm-hmm. anxious about their health. That's a very common one. Uh, people get anxious about all sorts of things. Uh, but if we're going to talk about getting rich, there is one anxiety that actually affects the workplace and affects the the way companies run and do business that we're going to value that one more than the others, right? And mm-hmm. that is the anxiety of public speaking. A lot of people have an anxiety of public speaking and that really affects them in the workplace if they have to make presentations, sales calls, all sorts of things, interviews even. Uh, But that one really has a green dollar line that big corporations are going to pay big money to solve, right? Or just people. If they want to move up, they're going to be like, you know, I don't care that I'm anxious about my health. Though I, I do. It, it's a bother. But but if I could only beat this fear of public speaking, you know, I'd be way up the ladder, way up the corporate ladder, and I'd be making fat coin, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so they're going to pay you money. These same people that pay to get MBAs are going to be paying if you could cure this fear of public speaking, right? And what's the one thing that they always say, if you're afraid of public speaking, to do? Do it in a mirror. No, that's not what they say. If you're afraid of public speaking, the one thing they say is picture your audience either naked or in their underwear. Oh, that, yeah, okay, yeah. It's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it works, right? I'm I'm just hitting on the, I'm hitting on the cliches tonight Mm -hmm. because they're the ones that are the biggest, the biggest hits, the biggest wins, right? Um. And I thought of different ways, you know, you know, maybe you could get a, a virtual reality glasses or walk through people. But 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 there's no better way to picture someone in their underwear or naked than seeing them in their underwear or naked. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is one thing, maybe a pipe dream back in the 50s when they started saying this, or I'm guessing it was Dale Carnegie came up with this one or something, right? Uh, The world's moved along a lot since, right? And all of us now in our pockets have cameras on our phones. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, more and more all the time, but... I, I think the younger you skew on this, the more you're going to get hits on this. Probably have a lot of pics of themselves on their phones, naked or in their underwear, right? For mm-hmm. sexting, for whatever they're doing that they shouldn't be doing. Or maybe they should be. I, I'm not I'm not here to judge. But just like you're always seeing... Uh, celebrity phones get hacked and pictures of Jennifer Lawrence out there showing her wahoos and things like that. Her uh, wahoos. Yeah. Uh, it's not like it's just on these celeb phones. It's on all these phones, right? Mm-hmm. And we all know by now we've all been hacked, 
right? And where's the one place you can get all the things that have been hacked by all the people? It's the dark web. Yeah, right? the dark web. So you're going to start a service uh, where people can put in who's going to be attending the meeting, uh, who they're doing the interview with, any anyone that you want, and you're going to get for a fee the pictures of them naked or in their underwear delivered to you, hacked off their phones, hacked off their computers, right? People are going on now and hacking people's computers while they're doing whatever they're doing in front of their computer and getting pictures of them in compromising positions. Don't worry, they're going to send it to you. So you will have a clear mental image in your head when you walk into that boardroom of what everyone truly looks like in their underwear. And you won't just be fumbling around trying to think of what they look like in their underwear and forgetting what you're saying on your PowerPoint, you're going to be able to stay on point because you know it's burned in your brain. You've seen everyone in their underwear. You've seen everyone in compromising positions, and you know you're better than them. You have the confidence. That anxiety is gone. The corporation's making more money. You're making more money, and you're moving on up. And that is going to be a, that's a huge money idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a way to also use all that revenge porn that's that's moving revenge around out porn. there. Yeah. You know? No, I like it. It's a great idea, No, That's right. That's right. A lot of big money, guys. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you want to get in touch with Josh and I, tell us how right on the money we are on our political analysis. Or if you want to cancel Noel. <laughs> Or just say hi. Just want to say or hi. Or you want to give us some rant and rave about how we're cucks and SJWs and butthurt liberals. Sure. Um, feel free to reach out. Yeah. Or if you want to find out how do I get our money to you guys, right? You can <laughs> get us on Twitter at GRQ Josh Noel. You can email us at GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. You want Facebook at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. You can go on iTunes or anywhere at all now that you can get a podcast, which at this day and age is everywhere. Uh, And you can find us there, subscribe, rate, review. If you listen to us at this point, if you haven't done it, you're a prick. Um, So do it, right? And we also must say, if you only listen to us in podcast form, you guys, come on, you're missing the beat. Tune in. Saturday nights, 8 o'clock on Radio Free Brooklyn and get the schemes five days before anyone else. Maybe. maybe. And, and the episode might actually be pertinent. It might, exactly. Exactly. Because, uh, as I said, we're not going forever green. We're just hoping for a couple day green. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get there early, listen to Art Star scenes, stick around afterwards, listen to the circuit, and just tune in any old time and see what's going on at Radio Free Brooklyn. There's a lot of very good things going on. Right now, all y'all out there have a huge amount of money in your pocket. You're saying, I don't know what, I, I wasn't expecting this much money. You don't know what, you know, you've already bought the gold plane. You've already bought the, I don't know, golf course that you wanted. What are you going to do with that money? Well, Josh is here to tell you what to do. Take it away. Stay! 
One day, Shankar Kurade from Pune, India was watching the news. He saw a feature on someone wearing a face mask made from silver. With that, he was inspired. Kurade is a businessman that deals with installing industry sheds. He also has a big love of gold. Already, he wears a gold chain necklace, a gold watch, a massive gold bracelet, and a gold ring on each of his fingers on his right hand. All of his jewelry is said to weigh around 1 kilogram, or 2.2 pounds. So Kurade decided to get his personal jeweler to create a gold face mask. After eight days, the jeweler completed the request. The solid gold mouth and nose cover weighs around 60 grams, or 2.1 ounces. Elastic string is then connected to the piece to keep it positioned to Karate's face. In order to combat potential breathing issues from the dense material, the mask has small holes drilled into it, which likely defeats the main objective of the mask. Come on! Altogether, the gold mask costs Karate around $5,000. Yeah, there you go. You could fill those holes with fine Egyptian cotton. That's true. Silk. Yep. I like it. There you go. Not the most expensive mask ever made. No. No, we had that on a previous episode. That's why I didn't do it for this one. Okay. But $1.3 million for the most expensive mask ever made, ever you, used, ever you gotta purchased. You got to get all sorts of masks, guys. You got to have one for walking around, right? That could just be a walk-around mask. And you put the yep. real expensive on one for the galas. Mm-hmm. The outdoor galas. Galas. <laughs> you guys. We have so much faith in all of our ideas. We know. Josh and I, we know how crazy rich you're going to get off these ideas. We know it. You may not be as confident as we are, though, right? You may be listening for the first time and saying, how can I trust these guys and their schemes? How do I know that their ideas are solid enough for me to put a second mortgage, third mortgage, fourth mortgage on my house? How do I know that their ideas are solid enough to spend all my kids' college money, to, to you know, withdraw my savings, to rack up my credit cards and get all the cash I can get my hands on for this scheme. How do you know? It's because Josh goes on the internet. He finds rules of getting rich quick to which we judge our schemes by. Josh, where do our rules come from this week? So you did an excellent job of dragging that out so we only have time for one rule. All right. So today's rules, how to hustle the 10 habits of highly successful hustlers. Okay. You ready, Noel? Yeah. You ready for it? Yeah. Sleep on it. Sleep on it, right? It's sleep on it and feel better. Get rid of that anxiety. So there you go, guys. We're one for one, so we're definitely getting rich. So once again, for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. And get that dumb dumb out of office. Get him out. Get him out. <laughs> Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. 
So stick around, baby, and everything will be okay. 